got real random. Real random. We, we did get random. <laughs> we, we did get random. <laughs> That's right. She's oh got a mini gun full of boner killers. <laughs> she really does. Just so many boner killers. <laughs> Hello and welcome to VHS Glow. I'm Katie. With me are MJ and Darcy. Today we're talking about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon from 2001, directed by Ang Lee. The back cover of the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon DVD box says two master warriors, Chao Yun Fa and Michelle Yeoh, are faced with their greatest challenge when the treasured Green Destiny sword is stolen. A young aristocrat, John Ziyi, prepares for an arranged marriage, but soon reveals her superior fighting talents and her deeply romantic past. Ooh la la. As each warrior battles for justice, they come face to face with their worst enemy and the inescapable enduring power of love. Set against 19th century China's breathtaking landscape, Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon is the action-packed box office smash from acclaimed director An Lee. Sense and Sensibility, The Ice Storm. Featuring stunning martial arts choreography by Yuen Wo Ping, The Matrix. And also, I believe, later, Kill Bill. Yeah, he was definitely the fight choreographer. In addition to a bunch of wuxia movies. Oh, yeah. The Matrix and Kill Bill. Darcy, what do you think this movie was about? Apparently, according to the Wikipedia entry for this movie, which, yes, Always a good place to start. Uh Uh-huh. That's where my research begins and sometimes ends, but it's the foundation. It is. It is the Wikipedia page. I found out that the name of the movie, it means a place or situation that is full of unnoticed masters. And as I read more about it, I realized that they're symbolic. Can I call you Darcy the Hidden Dragon from now on? Yes, as long as you Excellent. also call me the Whispering Wilhelm <laughs> Screamer. The Crouching Tiger Hidden Wilhelm? <laughs> I like that yes. movie. Let's yes. do that. Oh my God. That sounds like the porn <laughs> version. <laughs> oh God, you're right. Why is this Wilhelm still hidden? Well, oh, that was Wilhelm. not the direction I was expecting this to go so quickly. <laughs> Darcy is our romantic correspondent. So this is exactly where Darcy was taking it. Just heads up. I should have been prepared for this. I was prepared. I'm just pretending I didn't want it to go in this direction. I'm going to finish my original thought, though, before I explain. Before before I derail you aggressively? Yes. Okay. All right. Fine. Yes. Too late. We have email addresses now for VHS Glow. Now it's Darcy at VHS-Glow.com and MJ at VHS-Glow.com. Katie at VHS-Glow.com. But Katie is spelled K-A-T-I-E. Important to get that Oh, right. that's true. Not a Y. That is very true. Not a Y. MJ is spelled exactly how it sounds. Yep. E-M-J-A-Y. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Don't believe MJ. Wait, MJ a lie. is sorry, our saboteur. The M and the 
letter J. MJ, you're kind of delicious this episode. I know. Darcy, you Darcy. DJ Darcy, Darcy, VHS. All my secrets are coming out in one episode. I wasn't prepared. Now that I've successfully got us to chaotically plug our email addresses, this was a really good way for me to not have to explain Wilhelm at this point. If you want to send me an email, I might respond to you. We'll see. But I don't need to explain that now. Darcy will definitely respond. (laughs) They're clearly going to bully me into responding. It's in our contract. are good at responding they're very responsible time to acknowledge is 24 hours <laughs> yes so this is about unnoticed masters and yeah that's what i think it's about so we can get into that later mj what do you think oh my god yeah. all right i'm so fine. glad i caught you off you're guard. like you're that's gonna fair. derail me now okay shoot <laughs> So obviously every movie, I think that this is about the secret world of secret power. And I love that they named that (laughs) world in this movie. They're like, that world both exists and we're calling it Jianghu or something like that, Mm -hmm. which is tiger snake. That sounds like a terrifying portmanteau of an animal. It does. The secret world of secret power. But I think it's a couple different worlds and it's legitimate versus illegitimate power. Quick preview. Female power is illegitimate and male power is legitimate. Mm -hmm. Also, if you have a problem with it, it's also about should you commit suicide or should you hurt other people? That's a real Sophie's choice. It's a real Sophie's choice. And I think that it's really cool exploration of what counts as villainy. I like it. Like, and how do you react to this tension? That's what I think is about. It's interesting exploration. Explosion, exploration, it's both. (laughs) It's an explosive exploration of what's a villain. Katie, what do you think? So it's interesting because I think I was picking up on some of what you were both putting down. I actually think that this is like many of Ang Lee's other movies about repression. And I think it's specifically about Taoist ideology and cosmology oppressing women. And I see that in the five main characters, which are kind of archetypal, which we can talk about. That's what I think it's about. We all picked up the hidden masters of the patriarchy. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Bringing everybody down in this one. (laughs) Secret world of secret power there. It's like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, (laughs) MJ, we got you, okay? So MJ, I'm interested. This was your pick. Why did you choose it? Was it because of the secret hidden worlds of secret power? I think that actually when I first watched this, I was still in that period or age where I took that as real. That Actually, these people have unlocked real secrets. They've unlocked real hidden truths. And I think that I, um, you know, just like a lot of this, trying to go back to past MJ and take something that's a little bit nostalgic that I remember reacting to very strongly and then trying to look at the parts that still stand up and also react to it again. Really, I was just very powerfully affected by this. I will also say one last thing is that this DVD, I went to Japan in 2001. And so were you actually overseas? I was overseas. This came yeah, out. when oh well, right before this came out in May of that year or whatever, I went to go see it in the theaters. And then when it came out on the DVD, it was the only DVD that I brought with me to Japan. And so Anna and I watched this over and over. It was like our connection, even though it's in Chinese. I mean, it's got English subtitles. And so it was our connection back to something we had done in the States. Have you been with Anne since 2000? We've been together 
for, yeah, I want to say 22 years now. Holy shit. We started, shit. yeah, dating in 1999. And so, yeah. Oh my God. We've been together this for a long Fan time. Fan in the millennium. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. This is why I'm time. the one that does the dating advice. I just like, I have no because idea. There's nothing better than the single, I consider myself divorced okay. person. Yeah. Don't let MJ tell you how to have a successful don't, relationship. No, no, no. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've been in Bad five or six separate relationships. Got to let each other change. That's my only advice. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Word. only way to have a long-term relationship is to just keep on yeah. growing together keep on growing and together. accidentally do it in the same direction. Yes, yeah. exactly. And get really lucky. But yeah, Anne and I watched this in 2001 and it was our only DVD that we had brought from the States. I just remember being so affected by the landscape cinematography in this. Like that scene where they have the bamboo fight and there's that kind of cello music playing over and they're just kind of floating ethereally among the leaves. I don't know why, but I watched that today and I'm still really, really moved by the drama and just the sense of despair in that this reluctant violence. I mean, there's just really, really, really powerful movie for me. So... That's why I picked it. But now I get to pick it apart. <laughs> As is our <laughs> want. Yes. This was also a uh, heavy rotation. I can't say heavy rotation. We had the DVD, but you have to be in a particular mood to watch Crouching Tiger and Dragon. It wasn't just tossing on a Schwarzenegger movie. Yes. It wasn't like tossing on a fun little Bruce Lee action flick. It's a two hours long and very sad. Very sad. The ending was even sadder than I remembered it. Darcy, had you seen this when it came out? Yeah, it's interesting because this was one of, I wouldn't say my favorite movies because something that I'm going to call my favorite movies is something that I will watch over and over. And I think I only watched this maybe two times since before VHS Glow. But it was one that I very much always would have listed as what I would consider some of the best movies from that time period. That was definitely one where if someone mentioned Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I'd be like, ah. I love that movie. It was so good. So yes, but I didn't honestly remember the plot that well. I just remembered the fight scenes and what MJ was saying, like how beautiful they were. That's what stood out to me. So it's still what stands out. Like that is by far my favorite part of this movie. It's amazing. Which fight scene in particular? The one that I remembered was the one near the beginning at night where they are running up walls, flying through the air. I just love that one. only part of the movie I really remembered and then just rewatching it now they're all really good but I really like that one I really like the bamboo fight scene and the bar fight was fun how many fight scenes even are there in this movie quite a few I think my favorite is the one between Jen Yu and Shu Lan so the two female leads of this and there's something really funny about breaking the weapons and going back for more and the kind of mutual respect between the women that I really 
really enjoy about that scene. But there are so many good ones. Is that the one where she was holding the green destiny? That was the all-powerful weapon. No other weapons would survive against the green destiny sword. Somehow, the end did win in that fight, and I forget how she did it at the end. I feel like she did it with, was it a dart? Was that the dart one? I might be mixing up fight scenes now. The dart was a different fight scene. There was that. That was at the end. There was dart. That was at the end, yeah. Katie, I recall while we were watching this, you mentioned that you had bought, I think for your dad, one of the weapons that was... Yeah, the deer horn ones. Because there was that cop. So this was the first fight between Lee Mubai and Jade Fox, but it had that weird side plot of, were they just mercenaries? The I thought that they were police officers or or investigators. One was a police inspector, yeah. So was the father a policeman? And then his daughter was also, okay. Yeah, but he had those deer horn knives and there was this kung fu guy when I was growing up who was friends with my dad who also dealt in antiques and he had this rody old pair of deer horn knives and I asked him about like restoring them and he gave me whatever chemical would clean it up without completely hosing it and gave me instructions so I cleaned them up in our garage and had to prevent my dad from going in there for whatever period of time that was a couple days or something and then gave my father the deer horn knives as a present. That's awesome. So Where are they now? Do you know where they are? They're at my mom's house. Yes. In Minnesota. That's great. I have no idea how you use those, but they were effective in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Kinda. Looks slicey pokey. Is there a weapon from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon that you saw and you're like, I need to study that weapon or I need to learn how to wave the giant mace or, you know. She couldn't lift up the giant mace. Yeah, that's true. But then like if you did that, that would have been really badass because even Shulian couldn't do that. I think with Kempo, the first form you learn is with the staff and there's also a spear form and stuff but by and large you're just with your fists in your body because with the idea being that reliably you have that on you but can you even carry a knife everywhere I don't know we used to study with a scream of guys or whatever for some of the weapon stuff there was nothing in crouching tiger hidden dragon because I already had like my bow and my spear and that was what I had and some knives lots of knives (laughs) excellent MJ, you don't do judo's no weapons. Judo, there are some different katas that have some weapons. There's a self-defense one that has, of all things, a gun. Oh my god. We had gun disarming techniques at Nidon and above, and they all seemed stupid to me. I mean, it's very much, you better hope this person really doesn't know how to wield a handgun. They press it up against your back and you twist and, you know. That would just be me getting shot, are you Yeah, right? Me? Exactly. Do you know how much pounds of force a trigger pull is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you telling me that they don't train you to tickle somebody <laughs> who's coming at you with a gun like that's a bad idea do what you gotta do i was taught the tickle technique i feel like you just need a long tickling pole like there was that weapon in crouching tiger hidden dragon that was that spear that had the feather at the end so maybe (laughs) like you could use that to be like just a stick with a feather is the best i'm gonna wave around my little tickling feather at you and oh (laughs) could you could you could oh disarmed you Or oops, accidentally uh, tickled you into pulling this trigger. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Because even stomping somebody's foot or whatever while they're holding a gun seems just like a bless them for trying, but I just don't think that. Yeah. 
What my dad always said was, if somebody pulls a knife on you, just give them whatever. It's not worth it. No, no. We can practice these for funsies, but you're not going to be able to (laughs) disarm a mugger holding a gun. There was this one where they're holding it to your temple and you're supposed to grab them and pull your head. It's just not a good idea. None of it was a good idea. Wow. You have to be really desperate to do this. And I guess if you're in a really desperate situation and you think actually a 10% chance is better than no chance, then that's when you might want to do something like that. You have to know that you're going to be shot already Mm -hmm. anyway. It depends on what type of gun. A water gun, I would maybe practice some of these techniques. If someone's coming at me with a super soaker, all right, I might not just give you my super soaker. That's right. The super soaker no kata. Yeah. Right. Hold your ground in the super soaker. That's fight. right. Well, you know, oh my God. it depends. You might have a better super soaker. Don't let someone steal that. They have a lot of variety. I will say the one fun kata that I've never really done in judo is the arresting kata, the arresting arts, the taiho no jutsu, where basically it's all about if you're really into tying people up with ropes, you should learn that Ooh, kata yeah. real quick because <laughs> that's basically what, it's the, absolutely 100% the Wilhelm Dom better <gasps> instead of your Don you get your Dom <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, sorry that's everyone not, right, that's is true. Judo it's right? not Uke and Tori it's Sub and Dom Uke is the person who <laughs> receives the kata and the Tori is the one who takes it yeah <laughs> So there we go. In English, English. bottoms and tops. (laughs) Exactly. You got the kata bottom and the kata top. And you got a coil of rope in between you. So there there you go. I don't even know how to segue this into anything else. Beautiful collection of random katas inside judo. That's all I'm going to say. I don't really know anything about weapons. I wish I did. Yeah. I bought a Renaissance fair Same. sword once. That's the extent. From which fair? Because I have some friends that the are the The Bristol. The Bristol yeah. is a big uh-huh. one. Very yeah. cool. Got a really cool short sword that occasionally I will take out and swing around like I'm a martial arts goddess. And then you take sexy pictures. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. In your fur kini, like Red Sonia. Uh, Oh, yes. (laughs) It's not quite a claymore or a two-hander or anything like that. It's a tiny sword. But it could do some damage. I hope so. It's supposed to be tempered and everything. Hardened steel. Hardened hardened steel. So let's talk about the crouching tigers and hidden dragons. Yeah, let's talk about them. Do you want to talk about it, Darcy? Let's talk about it from the perspective of the main person they're going after. Oh, Jen? yeah. No. Uh, Jade Fox? Jade Fox, yeah. Jade Fox, so, yes. Jade no Fox, Fox, I thought, MJ, Jade you were throwing no me Fox. off today. I'm so sorry. I love it. I had my no, it's second good. vaccine dose yesterday, so I feel like I'm a little loopy. <laughs> Is that what's going on? Oh, are you loopy? I don't are think I'm all? not loopy. Now that you reminded me of the name of the main person, Jade Fox. Give, yes, Jade Wait, gives no are you Fox. calling Jade Fox the main person of like just, the- Just, you know what? Don't, just <laughs> let me finish my thought, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> Mainly because I have a very yes, bad memory. Yes, I know. So Definitely like the this, protagonist the struggle is of real. the movie. Thank you, MJ. So, of Jane my Fox. movie, at least. Sorry. <laughs> Darcy, this is the thing you do for fun. Darcy, <laughs> do you love it? Yep. Quick I'm not being paid for this, folks. This is my... Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> volunteering. This is the bad place? Yeah, As in, sorry. Yeah. I died and yeah, like, that's right. my and forever I'm just torturing life. you by like oh my God. derailing your train of thought. I'm so sorry, I Darcy. I you were a demon, MJ. <laughs> yeah. 
What was I talking about? So Jade Fox is interesting because of course she's the bad person. But then as I'm reading that Wikipedia article and really processing this, Jade Fox has some problems. But apparently she killed Mubai's teacher a long time ago because this teacher had refused to train her and she wanted to learn, but had also been willing to sleep with her is what she ended up saying later on in the movie. That's a valid reason in my mind. She was just a feminist, basically. She wanted to be able to train and be a warrior and was seen as a joke, I guess, and only was available for sex by this teacher. That's interesting because that's clearly not an antagonist. So here's my question, though. Do you think that she's the villain because she killed the teacher or because she poisoned the teacher? Do you think that if she had been like, I challenge you to one-on-one combat or something, that that would have been different? Reading that article, they do mention poison as a theme, which I did not pick up on at all. I didn't know that. Yes, because that has more symbolism than I understand. Just like from my perspective, is she worse for killing with poison versus what was the other option? Just stabby stabbing him. Just stabby stabbing? Yeah. A duel. Yeah, like a duel. Because poison has this connotation of this underhanded feminine tactic yeah. where right. it's like a duel in the open for honor. I think poison could come off to me as a little more cowardly because it's underhanded, it's secret. You don't necessarily even know who poisoned you. They can just kind of get away with it. With stabby stabby, you know who's doing the stabbing. You're owning it. So I guess I would say poison's a little bit worse. But they're both not great. I can empathize with her anger though. I can empathize with her reason for viewing him as a bad guy. She takes it pretty far. She tries to kill her own student and she does actually kill Mubai with a needle? With poison. With purple poison on it. Wait, where did the pine needle come in? There was a needle. Am I just making st- am I No, no, no. You're not making stuff up. Yeah. It was a dart thing. It was a mini gun. A primitive mini gun of darts. <laughs> and then there was another hair ornament in addition to the comb that Jen Yu had. Chu Lan had a hair needle thing yeah, that okay. she gave. All right. Which was kind of a MacGuffin. It didn't do anything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the whole thing is, well, who are these hidden masters? Well, it's interesting because she wanted to learn more. She was for gender nonsense. She was not allowed to learn more. And then she was bitter, partly in old age, because she... She couldn't read. She was limited. She taught herself a lot. She had a lot of potential, but then she was limited by her inability to read the manual that gave her pupil an advantage over her. Her pupil, her student, surpassed her because she went and read the manual. That's just a wild move on Jen's part to not teach. If you have the resources as someone who's privileged to read in this time period and you're being taught by your master to elect to not teach your master to read so that your master can help themselves and just hoard the knowledge for yourself. Some rich people nonsense. Definite rich people nonsense. This whole story didn't need to happen if she had just been allowed to learn the art from the very beginning. Kara, for me, like one of the dilemmas, is this social pressure or is this character flaw? The fact that the teacher used Jade Fox basically for sex and then ditched her, is that just like, wow, the teacher is a shitty dude or there is some social prohibition against teaching women anyway and the teacher stepped outside the bounds of society to even instruct a little bit there's some virtue there same with Jen Yu where maybe it's 
frowned upon to teach the lower classes to write or to teach a servant how to write because so many things are done in public. There's no private space, really. Maybe there wasn't a way for her to do that. I keep going over, are these character flaws or is this the strictures of society? I think it's a little bit of both, but that's a good question. What do you think? What are your feelings on, well, any of them, but maybe specifically Jade Fox? I think that that's one of the hard things is that I don't know. I'm really interested in hearing about 80s take on Taoism or Confucianism. It feels like the sense of filial piety where you're supposed to be respectful to your elders and you're supposed to know your place, basically. It's totally screwed up here. You have Li Mubai, who loves Xu Lian, but Xu Lian was engaged to Li Mubai's friend who died protecting their master or something against Jade Fox. And so there's this obligation that direction. But nevertheless, they still find time to let their love blossom. It's not like he's perfectly obeying these restrictions. Plus, they're a little outside society to begin with. They're in Jianghu. You have all of these people who are one step out the door, but can't bring themselves to take that next step and just live free in the poly compound of their dreams. The real flaw is they just weren't able to step past. They had one foot across the threshold where Jen Yu taught herself to fight. That's not a very noble woman thing to do, but she committed suicide rather than actually go live with her desert boy. Living with the desert boy would have impinged upon her freedom as much as marrying some noblemen. Her main deal was freedom. Well, and I guess that to me is the central thing is was that freedom possible for these characters at all? Jade Fox was a villain because she decided to kill everyone and Jen Yu at the end redeems herself because she decides to kill herself instead. But I also question that choice itself, that maybe if true people of legend would have stepped outside those confines, they would have smashed the patriarchy. I don't know, because the true people of legend, they're still trying to attain longevity and immortality through Taoism. They still have a worldview that precludes smashing the patriarchy. Yeah. Because you're talking about naturalism, you're talking about all things in balance. Mm-hmm. So upsetting the balance and doing dishonorable things is not possible. What you said made a lot of sense. I think you said earlier that there's some antagonism between feminism and Taoism, where I think preserving that balance means sacrificing some of your agency and specifically sacrificing agency as a woman in order to stay. I mean, is that sort of where you were going? I don't want to read between the lines, but that's sort of what I heard. It's some of that. I'd like to hear first before we move on to my nonsense. Darcy, was Jade Fox the only hidden no, I think, crouching tiger hidden dragon? No, it was all three, I would say, of the main women characters. Jade Fox was one of them. Jen, obviously, she was being forced to basically marry when she clearly just wanted to be a warrior person <laughs> and exploring the world and having adventures. And then Shu Lien also was similarly, gender roles limited her. She clearly had a rapport with Li Mubai and did not pursue that for reasons. I think she was originally engaged to his best friend, but that was the reason. She, basically because of these social norms, did not end up with who she clearly loved, which was Li Mubai. So all three of them were oppressed in a similar way, but then each one of them was an amazing fighter, had these amazing skills, but it's just kind of shrugged. None of them got to be what they were capable of. So it's an external force hiding them. 
them. It's not them electing to remain concealed. Possibly. There could be multiple forces, but I looked at it from the external force. Do you see hidden crouching tigers in this movie besides those three, or do you see it from just a different perspective? I think you hit on all of the ones that I see, and I'm particularly thinking of that scene with the teacup during tea with Shu Lian and Jen Yu, and Shu Lian bumps the teacup off of the table and Jen Yu catches it. There's kind of this look of knowing that Jen Yu was the masked figure that she had fought previously. So that's one instance of self-concealment. I also think that Jade Fox generally living her life on the margins of society and electing to live the bandit life, creep around, use poison, which concealed her. I think that in terms of dueling people, would she have been able to duel the man that she wanted to? Or would she have been taken out by his entourage beforehand? The avenue towards honor wasn't necessarily available to her. So I think there was self-concealment there. I think that Jen Yu did a lot of self-concealment. I mean, she was playing her normal role as an aristocrat's daughter, destined for marriage. At the same time, she was leading this secret life of training with Jade Fox. I think that Shu Lian, she was living her life in a more open way. At the same time, emotionally very repressed. She wasn't allowed to pursue Li Mu Bai. They were both constrained by their ideas of honor. So she had this deep <laughs> internal emotional life that wasn't being realized even if she appeared more free. So I think there was both self-concealment and then what you're talking about, Darcy, the oppression of regular societal forces that were holding them back. Literally, hey, that's such a good analysis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? That's just such a yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, I see it. It was interesting watching this again because Jay Fox is truly a subversive force. She did not get a fair shake at any point ever. And the fact that they were conflating innate capabilities and innate character traits with what she had been forced into. At the same time, she chose some of it. She could have given up. She could have capitulated. She never did. So that was very cool. I think... Initially, I had identified, because this came out in 2001, so I was youngish, maybe within a year of Zhang Ji's age. So I think that I had identified with Jen Yu. Now, in my hagitude, I identify with Jade Fox (laughs) in my crone years. How about you, MJ? What do you think? Do you think the three women are the main crouching tiger hidden dragons? Or do you think? Well, no, I do. But I guess the only person that I would add to that, the man above it all, which is Sir Tay, who appears super noble. But listening to his speeches again, he's just basically like, hey, the underworld keeps things in line. And I feel like there is kind of a menacing air to him. And he uses the sword at one point to perfectly slice through a bowl where he uses green destiny. Yeah, so he's got like hidden mm-hmm. skills and he seems like this puppeteer figure who is trusted by Li Mu Bai and Shu Lian. He seems to clearly be in the favor of Governor Yu. I think that he's kind of a power broker. Governor Yu is coming from Xinjiang or the West and doesn't really know anybody in the capital and he shows up at Sir Tay's mansion and Sir Tay is like let me take you under my wing and also sort of speak semi-threateningly to you and use the sword to slice a bowl in half while I 
tell you you can't trust everybody. He's the other crouching tiger hidden dragon. Also, the police inspectors, they dressed up right. as acrobats mm-hmm. and they came yeah. out of nowhere too, where I feel like in the very first scene setting shots where there's this town square and a bunch of acrobats, they were in that scene. And so they're also kind of like, we're just super lower class common folk. And then they whip out the martial arts. I would say that those are the other three. I would almost add low to that oh, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Jen Yu's desert lover, because he initially appears to be this handsome, but filthy and piggish bandit. Ooh. And then he's very chivalrous mm-hmm. in not looking at her when they're in the cave. He sings, he can sing. That's very That's cool. That's very cool, yeah. He doesn't have hidden martial arts skills. His martial arts skills are immediately immediately evident, but he is hiding his soft side. <laughs> he is. His romanticism, yeah. his cultured. He's a bandit who lives in a cave and has books and song and stuff. <laughs> it's not just what you think at first. He's a land pirate at first, yes. and then you're like, oh no. He's kind of cultured and has an eye for the finer things. I don't know. He's like a cowboy with a poet's yeah. heart. Yeah, that's right. If Sir Tay is secretly vicious, Lo is secretly yeah. noble and secretly yes. chivalrous and just and all of that stuff. Is Limu by secretively anything i feel like he's the one who we know what he's good at (laughs) and there is no secret the secret with him is more of a bummer for me because he is this almost mythical figure he's attaining enlightenment and he's really a broken empty shell of a man his last line is I have already wasted my whole life. I wanted to tell you with my last breath, I have always loved you. I would rather be a ghost drifting by your side as a condemned soul than enter heaven without you. Yet because of your love, I will never be a lonely spirit. That's beautiful. I made myself tear up even reading it because I'm a softy boy. But also that's a very anti-Daoist sentiment and it's against everything that he worked his whole life for, was doing things the right way. So it's not a secret Right, it's just a secret. talent. It's a secret. It's a very sad secret. It's a secret love. Do you feel like he showed bravery at the end? Was that redeeming in any way of his character? It was slightly undermined for me by the way he was eye-humping Jen Yu through the entire movie, to be honest. He seemed like he was having a real midlife crisis. What about the town folk? I don't even know who they were, to be honest. The bar scene? Why did they? Why? I liked that fight, but like, who were they? (laughs) They were just random bandits who wanted to take on what they thought was a lady by herself was that it no they thought it was a youth training with Lee Mubai didn't they or someone who had fought Lee Mubai so you want to fight the person who's fought the strongest person so that your name grows they didn't have hidden talents they were all <laughs> medium at fighting and Zhen Yu bested them yeah. easily that whole scene was really interesting because she was shit talking these men with ridiculous 
those names who self-aggrandize. And she was literally cutting down the building. The end is that great visual gag where the bridge between two sections of the restaurant kind of collapsed because she has cut them. I saw it as representative of her taking down the patriarchy because in that scene, she also had a line about kicking down. Was it Wulan? Was that the school? Wudan Mountain. Mount Wudan. She was going to kick the mountain down. Before we started recording the podcast, we were chatting with Katie's brother, Joe, who mentioned that when they were younger, they watched an English dubbed version of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And at some point, (laughs) there was somebody that yelled, I adore chowder. I love chowder. Yeah, it was I I adore chowder. I thought it was I adore chowder. It was either I adore or can't stand chowder. It was something about chowder. Was it, do you know what scene that happened in? Was it the bar scene? It was that one. So one one of those dudes. It it was the bar bar fight scene in the english dubbed version yells i adored what (laughs) happened there apparently I have no idea. I feel like that must have been... It was been either bad. a bad dub or a good dub. Like a reference to food or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> they weren't eating. Was it like, don't spill my soup while you're fighting? Was there just like some poor person in the back of the restaurant, the bar, who was just like, I'm trying to eat here. I adore It was powder. definitely a background one, but I can't remember. I have to re... I have to find the English dub version and figure <laughs> out what it was. But it was that scene. It was the bar scene. Don't for sure. stop the chowder. There is some... Oh common folk in that movie who clearly has the hidden skill of being able to protect their bowl of chowder. (laughs) But I don't know who it is. I felt like that scene, though, was Jen Yu's inability to show restraint that once she gained all of these powers, she just took it out on a bunch of... Not like they were innocent. They picked a fight with her. But I think the fight started basically right when one of them was like, my name is Go. And she's all hey, that's my fiance. I hate that name. I'm about to beat you up. She just totally raised the bar. Lee Mubai was just like, you have no self-control here. But also at the same time, though, Lee Mubai's total self-control made him a miserable shell of a human being. He had mm-hmm. perfect self-control and was miserable for it. She's showing her true power and she's taking it out on everybody and she lacks all restraint and self-control, but maybe that's kind of an okay thing. I don't know. What do y'all think? Well, I read on that. And I think the reason that she and Lee Mubai were at odds through so much of the movie is they represent opposing elements. That she is chaos and freedom and growth and he is... Well, she's wood specifically. So you're thinking about youth, you're thinking about growth, you're thinking about bamboo springing from the earth and heading towards the heavens. just growing out of control. Out of control. So in five element theory, there's generative and then there's also opposing or inhibiting, I guess. So Li Mubai was the yin? No, not yin. There's five elements. Wood feeds fire, breaks through earth. So feeding fire, breaking through earth. And they're all like this. Fire creates ash, which is earth. It melts metal. Earth produces metal, dams up water. Metal condenses into water, but chops wood. Water feeds plants wood and douses fire. So in this, we have Gen Yu representing wood and that growth and that youth and everything, which the dark side of that can turn to despair, recklessness, apathy, which is kind of what she was showing in that scene, even though it was really fun to watch. She could have been found out. She was disguised. That was at risk. Word would have traveled about this <laughs> one youth who fucked up a bunch of bandits and ruined a whole bar. And then if Li Mu Bai 
why is metal. Metal chops wood. So metal is looking to inhibit wood. And characteristics of metal in this cosmology include the discernment and restraints, knowing limits, maintaining harmony. The Taoist study of his life was this very balanced and right way, action without action, all of that. But out of control, it can be too rigid, black and white thinking. And where he exhibited black and white thinking was where he, in my estimation, kind of fell down. Black and white thinking about Jade Fox prevented him from extending her any empathy. Black and white thinking about the honor of pursuing Shulian, even though his blood brother had been her fiance. Rigid thinking prevented him from upending the patriarchy. He could have been an ally. He wasn't because he was metal. He was metal. And then do you think that there's any metaphor with his sword being stolen? He's associated with this strip of metal that he is metal. He has this weapon and then he gives Mm -hmm. away this weapon and then it is stolen away from him. And that's what the catalyst for this realization that he's been too rigid and unyielding. Is that part of the metaphor? Yeah, I think it was a representation because the green destiny itself was somewhat of a MacGuffin. Did it ultimately mean anything? Was it just representative of something else? Their worldviews were kind of at odds rather than it being the object itself having any special properties. If there are five elements, are you seeing all of them represented in different ways in the movie? What are the other ones? We have five main characters. We have Jen Yu and Limu Bai, who we just talked about. There's also Shu Lian. There's also Jade Fox, the main antagonist. And I'm putting Lo in there as well because he was the only other person with substantial screen time. Honestly, this is such a flattened view of Taoist anything, so I'm very sorry, listeners who actually know anything. This is only what I covered when I was studying two years after this came out. I was in massage school after dropping out of college. So five element theory was a huge thing there. If we've got Gen Yu, wood feeding fire, fire is low, her lava, earth producing metal, earth I had Shu Lan, which I mean, Lo and Shu Lan don't have a super huge connection, but Shu Lan does have a huge connection to Li Mubai, who is metal, in that she supported and nourished and forged him through their adventures together in great part. And then Li Mubai, that's metal, right? Let's see, metal condenses water. Water I had as Jade Fox, and metal condenses into water. I think ideally it's in this very good naturalist way, but in this case, Li Mubai and the patriarchy he represented condensed into Jade Fox as an antagonist in the film. I don't think she would have been as driven to combat the systems that kept her down and to subvert them had there not been this reaction from Li Mubai and the men like him right, right. at Wudan. And then it is cyclical. So water feeds plants. Plants are wood. Wood is Gen Yu. Jade Fox was Gen Yu's instructor. Yeah. So yeah, brilliant. that's my wild ass take. I, like I love that. <laughs> if you scratch the surface, it kind of breaks down a little bit, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> no, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Lo is fire. So then Lo's relationship with Gen Yu makes sense. Gen Yu would low fire, fire burns wood. What is Lo's relationship? Fire melts metal. Wait, fire melts metal. Fire creates earth. So I think that had Shu Lan had the love of a good partner rather than the repressed, restrained Li Mubai, I think she would have had a happier life. I really do. So I think that not specifically Lo, even though Shu Lan was on Lo's side, that was one of the alternatives she provided Jen Yu was to go be with the man you love. So I think that the archetype
archetype of Lo would have fed into Shu Lian's life. Does Lo inhibit metal, inhibits Li Mu Bai? Yeah. And I guess I can see that sort of by proxy with Gen Yu, where Li Mu Bai is like, come with me, I'll teach you everything you need to know. And she keeps running off because she's conflicted over how she should deal with Lo. And so I feel like there is some sort of tug of war there. There's, I think, a way to frame Lo's actions as inhibiting Li Mu Bai. Definitely the mm-hmm. opposite of Li Mu Bai. Lo <laughs> respects her, does not want to exert power over her, just wants to live in the desert and be free with her, even though that was ultimately too much inhibition yeah. as she could take. Well, in the desert, nothing really grows either, which I feel like is another. Mm-hmm. Lo was not like Li Mu Bai in the sense that Lo definitely would have if his buddy <laughs> was interested in Gen Yu, he wouldn't have done the so-called honorable thing of stepping back. He's going to take what he wants. He doesn't care that it was her wedding day. <laughs> you know, like he showed up and mm-hmm. was just like, run away in the desert. It was like last chance. Yeah, like come with me. He had real big Sagittarius energy, <laughs> so I have a soft spot for low. He's a fire sign, yeah. Because we are a beautiful people, impulsive, yes. So you think Sag and not Leo? think he's a Leo? I feel like he valued his independence more than the attention of other people. I see. He was kind of like, I got to call myself Dark Cloud. It's Mm -hmm. (laughs) work. (laughs) You know, it's just a scare. The peasants, it's whatever. Actually, what I'm into, riding my horse around, looking handsome against gorgeous backdrops. Giving girls combs. (laughs) Having adventures. Taking combs and then giving girls baths. Taking combs. (laughs) That is 100% Sagittarius flirting. We're not normal people. (laughs) Maybe if we fight. (laughs) That's right. Maybe if we verbally or physically spar. Uh? I see you've been training with the secret Wudan manual. Let me uh, see how good you are. Exactly. She's about to rob your caravan, girl. I also want to make the point that Shu Lian dams up water. She did her life really by the books. Shu Lian did. She abided by honor. She supported her man, even though she couldn't get any of that sweet D. And she was the stopping point for Jade Fox. Jade Fox was too beyond her conception of what was possible for womanhood. That was another thing I saw with earth damming up water and preventing the advancement of, in this case, another woman. Yeah. So then if Jade Fox is a water sign, I've been like mapping this to astrology. This is a totally different system. So if Jade Fox is water, what are the traits of water signs? Is there a specific sign that you would peg Jade Fox? The only water sign I can think of right now, there's two of them, would be Cancer, Pisces, and I'm forgetting the third one. Aquarius. Oh, no, shoot, that's Aquarius air. is an air sign. What's the third it's one? It's Scorpio. She's Scorpio. clearly she a Scorpio. She is 100% she is- Okay. In her feelings. <laughs> I hate to be stereotypical. I feel like when anyone's analyzing pop culture stuff, they're like, it's a villain. It's a Scorpio, which is so pretty. In this case, I actually think she is a Scorpio because she clearly has deep hurts. She clearly has deep emotions and yeah. she's striking And out. she's super offended that she can't study this thing deeply. She can't go as deep as she wants into this martial arts thing. And she douses fire, meaning my stupid reading of this, low is fire. So she's dousing fire. So she's just the ultimate boner killer, which is why I love her so much. She's got the ability to be imaginative, creative, to think out of the box. She really knows her poisons. She's very imaginative with her weaponry. She could go to the flow, but because she's been inhibited, she is a bit too amorphous. She's detached from society. She can sink to the lowest level, which she did with her dirty tactics and her killing of Limu Bai. I would say that I'm less 
less fussed about her killing Lee Mubai, even though he had the most beautiful last line in a movie ever. I'm more like, if you're a bandit, you are fucking up the peasantry. And I'm not cool with that. You got to have solidarity with the other lower class people with you so you can overthrow the aristocracy. Try mutual aid. Don't take their turnips and rob them. Katie, you are on fire today. I'm That's loving right. it. I just wanted to subscribe to the gospel <laughs> of Katie today. Oh, Jesus. So good. So good. <laughs> We've got all my theories. Do you want to talk more about it or do you want to talk about Secret World? I'm so ready for Secret World. Me too. I'm eager to hear how this time period connects somehow with Big Trouble in Little China. Well, I got you covered because I don't know if you remember, but in Big Trouble in Little China, there was a certain trial of the Burning Blade. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, God, it does. It all connects. Oh my God. that the Burning Blade was Green Destiny. I just lost all the air that was in my lungs. Mm -hmm. Just Yeah. One of the last shots of the sword Green Destiny. Was it in the cave with Jade Fox? But Mm -hmm. I think that from there, it was found by Lopin's minions. I hypothesized that one of the reasons that Lopin had difficulty finding people is that he was missing the Burning Blade for a while. Oh my God. That it was originally the Burning Blade. Oh my God. And then it got taken by Wudan Mountain in an attempt to stop Lopin and was lost from him. And so he wasn't able to go after his green-eyed brides for a while. But then it was recovered after the death of Limu Bai and sort of made its way to the United States in the 19th century as Chinese immigrants sort of came to California. I think that that's what happened. That's the connection between these movies. That makes perfect sense. Was the sword hidden? I'm trying to piece out the world's alliances and enemies. How is this playing out? What does this mean? So Lopin, I think, also was sort of like water sign. I think he also represented water. Think of all of his three helpers who were all rain, thunder, right. and lightning. Lopin, I think, was a very watery powers. And the burning blade is something that Lopin's not very comfortable around because it's metal. What is it that metal condenses into water? Is that right? Yeah, metal condenses into water. This blade is this merger of fire and water. No, it is because you forge in fire and then you quench and in you water quench in and water. it hardens the blade and makes it a bit without the hardening it's just some soft metal but i feel like the players in this are wudan mountain if you go back to the beginning lopan was a minion of the emperor Qin, but then was cursed by emperor Qin. oh my god right? oh my and gosh so, this really does fit and wudan right? mountain i think has always sort of existed <laughs> in opposition to somewhat of the aristocracy and the nobility and so forth part of their mission is to fight against people like lopan and so as part of this they stole the sword for the burning blade ritual, which then prevented Lopin from finding a bride until Li Mubai died and the sword made its way to America. Yes. Yes. That's really the full story of that what happened. That is fucking amazing. Because Wudan also, if you're talking about a mountain, you're talking about earth. So earth is that very harmony seeking. So that fits with that vibe, produces metal. And you have to wonder, how did Jade Fox originally get the idea to study at Wudan Mountain? She's 
obviously, you know, feminist icon. She's amazing, but I think that she obviously, but, <laughs> but yes, but if this podcast does anything, we would like to reinvent Jay oh, Fox absolutely. from Tiger, Hidden Dragon as a feminist absolutely. icon. It showed that the Wudan Mountain people aren't the pure protectors that everybody thinks they are, just because they stopped Lopan from becoming a corpse husband for a while. Do you think David Lopan thought Jade Fox, because of her name, had green eyes somehow? Yes, that that absolutely. It's in her name. It's in her name. Yeah, exactly. She was initially tasked to go get Green Destiny for this. But I think that she was kind of an unwitting foil of Lopan and his minions. Real tragedy, though, that she went through three of the guardians of Green Destiny. Lima Bai's teacher went through Lima Bai's friend and then Lima Bai himself. She worked really hard to get the sword, but then died before she could actually bring it to Lopan. I'm curious about how it actually made its way to America, though. That would be... I'd love listener ideas about that. What was his name? The furry, hairy beast that fell in love with Oh, Pete. 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 Oh, Thank yeah, you. Pete. Of course. Do you think it could have been via Pete? Pete, if Pete, you think about yeah, it, is made up it. of he two characters. Away. P-E and T-E. I think right? Pete was Sir Tay. Yes. And definitely came from China. That's almost all we know about Pete. It makes sense. I feel like Sir Tay, who is part of this underworld thing, ended up going to America and somehow transmogrifying or creating Pete. Because if you look at it, it's Sir Tay and then added the P-E, which I'm going to say is child of Tay, which I totally made up, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or physical education of Tay. Yeah, I think that there's absolutely a connection. I don't know. Did you hear of a connection, Darcy or Katie? What's canon? There is literally no canon. <laughs> there's literally no canon in anything that this I'm is, saying here. We're inventing What are it, you baby? talking <laughs> about? This is the... How does this map to the movie with the beer can that never gets finished? Bloodsport. That's how you describe <laughs> Bloodsport. <laughs> the, the movie, movie with like, the, the never-ending beer can? <laughs> like Endless Summer? Endless. Oh, that's the most important thing about Bloodsport. Which for listeners, it's important that you go back to the Bloodsport episode and listen and where you'll see that the same beer can shows up in every scene with it. They found some fountain of beer. It's amazing. The beer can of The beer, beer can of youth. Ray Jackson just drinking Ray the Jackson beer just pounding that 100% beer can. of the time. How does it connect? I think that you do have that shadowy underworld of Jianghu there. Later they would make a kumite. I think that what we discovered last time upon watching the movies is that there is actually a tunnel that if you go into those Hong Kong catacombs you will emerge into the San Francisco catacombs of Little China that there's yeah. a conduit and so actually I would say that that's a plausible <laughs> way that the sword made it to California I think that makes if you believe Call of World Theory and mm-hmm. if you've seen that Kong versus Godzilla movie, maybe Kong took it part of the way. <laughs> King Kong did. Yes, Kong napped it. Absolutely. He got Kong napped. The Green the Destiny, Destiny got, Kong, got napped. Kong napped. Absolutely. Oh my God. This is amazing. I feel I'm learning so much. Discovering so much with you both. Making so much up. <laughs> Yeah, that's the real secret world here, folks. It's all connected. That's where they shot the moon landing. It's all true. I loved that discussion of the different elements, Katie. I thought that was great. And I loved the discussion of, okay, who's secretive and who's powerful? And are there different kinds of secrets that people have? The only thing that I want to talk about briefly is rebellion versus sacrifice. I think that when things are out of line, when the world is out of balance, how do you 
get the world back in balance or what kind of balance should it be in? And I feel like Jade Fox was like any means necessary to advocate for herself. And I feel like Jen Yu just straight up killed herself, which echoes of Bodhi in Point Break. I can't deal with this anymore. I don't want to fight it. I'm just going to sacrifice myself. And it's presented as super noble, but also at the same time, I kind of wanted Jen to still go get hers. And I'm kind of bummed about that. That whole scene mirrors the story that Lo tells her early on when they first met. And it's some story where the ending, the honorable thing is someone did kill themselves. And I guess that meant that she went to live in the clouds. I don't know. This is what the Wikipedia is telling me. I, mean, I don't She went to live in the clouds because her body vaporized on impact or something. I don't know. So is this her getting freedom? then at the end but she's dead i think it kind of depends on how you see freedom if you can perceive death as a freedom if you believe in potentially life after death and if you believe that death is more freeing than a life within constraints in my head canon i like to think that after Li mubai dies jen yu kills herself for unrelated reasons she doesn't give a shit about Li mubai but then shu lian integrates wudan mm. and allows women to train there somehow i like that's that. where i hope I it's like going that. i like that <laughs> That brings a good capstone on this discussion. But I did have some questions for you both. I'm prepared. Okay. And I hope you're prepared for us to turn around I mean, and ask you, you the know same what? thing. We're, I'm we should never always prepared be prepared for anything. But you know, <laughs> we do it like, anyway. <laughs> no thought, no action is okay. how I live most of my Sundays. Um, it's not my deep wudan saying. Now you're all vaccinated and loopy. <laughs> so it's going to be extra. <laughs> okay, first question. Wrong answers only, obviously, is what is your secret technique from the Wudan manual? Well, that's easy. Mine's tickling. <laughs> Yours is tickling. You're, you're a master of the tickle. While pole. silently screaming, the Wilhelm scream. Ex- okay, you're, okay, excellent. Oh, the Wilhelm Okay, now I understand that reference. It wasn't a dick, it was. <laughs> it the, was the, I mean. Insert the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> It can be whatever you want it to be. Katie, what's your secret technique from the Wudan manual? I feel like it's crouching Katie hidden fart. <laughs> like a Dutch oven, a motherfucker. Like, like hidden parts. That's like silent and deadly. Oh my right? gosh, the silent. I'm the jade fox of farting. <laughs> the jade fox of farting with your purple yin farts oh yes, my gosh my purple yin farts that's a good one what about you mj my secret technique is that i can sleep through anything i think wow. is basically Ooh. what it comes down to and ej like many people is that a technique? i've trained very hard for this what about technique. sleeping through danger <laughs> i just fall asleep that's right i'm like that tree frog that can bring its temperature and life signs down to nothing this is my secret oh, like a water can, like hibernate yeah. Yeah. i just go whoop. hibernate except i call it a sunday nap and then next question is what would you steal from your desert girlfriend to show that you loved them oh i mean aren't we supposed to steal combs don't we know this to be true i'm just saying what would you steal you got your desert hottie and you're like i want to show her that i really love her to show my so love so i gotta steal something I steal? her tori amos cd her tori Ooh, there we go. I would steal Ooh. boys from Chile oh my gosh. from my desert love. Ooh. Oh my gosh. She'd have to get it back. She can't fall asleep That's without right. it. That's a good one. You'd steal 
her Cornflake Girl. Is that from Boys from Pele? I don't know. I think that was I a different know, one. that was from Cornflake Girl. Yeah. It's from it's Under, Under the, the Pink. Pink. Oh my god. Which is even more lesbian than <laughs> Boys, Boys for Pele, Boys so from, yeah. I don't know. Oh, Boys for Pele, you're sacrificed those dudes for Pele. Okay, sweet. So Boys from Pele, Toria Melcidi, amazing. Darcy, you would steal a comb. How do you even compete with that? I'm not stealing a comb. That's just not okay compared to Katie's answer. <laughs> I would probably just steal her nutter butters. <laughs> her nutter butters? She's in the desert eating nutter butters. She's going to be so dehydrated. I mean, you better oh bring gosh. your love some water. <laughs> the person I would want to flirt with would definitely be eating nutter butters in the desert. So that's what I would steal. That's what I got. God. What would you steal, MJ? I would steal their handcrafted tickle stick. <laughs> <laughs> wait, Brutal. wait. Hold on. Did you just hit on Darcy? <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. Oh, I'm blushing. You can't see it in the podcast, oh, but I'm blushing. All good things come in threes. So I have one last question. Oh, wow. can't be yes. like semi-serious. Oh I don't, however you want to answer okay, it. Okay, okay. Is what would you jump off Wudan Shan to obtain? Ooh, if I'm being completely honest, a better seventh and eighth season for Game of Thrones. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's actually a gift. We did for nothing the whole with world. it. You know, it is because I'm selfless. You know, yeah. I'm very selfless. Thank you. Mine would be a rebirth. I feel like we're nearing end times, mm. so I don't necessarily want a rebirth into the future. I want to be reborn as the last human, post-human <gasps> existence on Earth. I just want to peek at it, see what happens. It's kind of like reading the end of the season finale. I mean, I have to watch the whole thing and live through it. I just want to know what happens to us. Do you still have to live your whole life as the last human? That sounds so sad. Good question. Good question. I want to be reincarnated in my 30s as the last human. And then I do want to, I guess I need Wi-Fi still. I need to be able to Google a bunch of stuff before I then again go and actually jump off, like kill myself for the last time. Maybe part of that would be you just get to keep a Google with you or something. Yeah, yeah. I keep a Google. With you me. keep a Google. I mean, I guess we're yeah. jumping off the mountain. We, we can, can wish, wish for, for whatever. whatever. Yeah. What What about you? I don't know. MJ? Wait, I, I feel like that was a diss. <laughs> no, it wasn't a. No, it I wasn't mean, a sure, Darcy. That was amazing. There's no, no wrong I, I answers. Love I, just, I just like <laughs> no wrong answers. I frivolously was just like Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, you're like, on fire like, today. Yours is way better. Yours is so I'm, good. You're like I want to see the like... end of human existence. I want to be yeah. there for the last chapter. Teleport to the end of the time machine. Yeah. I don't want to panic roll back. I just want to. <laughs> I just want to stay there. there. Exactly. Happens. And you're like be prepared. That's the With scout Google motto, still. right? And plus, yeah. any opportunity that I can to call something a Google, I feel like is. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted that. <laughs> That's all. I love it. All right, I'm Dave. What's yours? Darcy inspired me with this talk of the end of humanity. So I want the obelisk from 2001, Ooh. Base Odyssey, to send us to the Ooh. next chapter in our existence. But honestly, that could be the better seventh and eighth season for Game of Thrones. I have no idea. I know. What, <laughs> That's a tough one. You know, sort of course human evolution will take once we get the obelisk. So I feel like all of our answers, you know, are around the same thing, same theme. It's about the betterment <laughs> of human character and righting potential wrongs of the past and then finding out what's in store for us. Darcy, mm-hmm. do you think that you'll see us move on to that species that can move past the last seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
That did not sound like an optimist. <laughs> no, I don't know. No. And your face does not look <laughs> optimistic at all. I mean, you all can't see her, but she made she had a. I don't want to like depress everybody, but no, I'm not optimistic that no. we're gonna evolve. I'm sorry. Oh no. Okay. That's why I wanted to be placed in a position where I could jump and not have to deal. <laughs> You're just like <laughs> peace. <laughs> There is an end, and it is the end. Oh, There's no wow. extra seasons in my okay. In yeah, my view. no. Okay. Dang. I'm sorry. I'm just. No, I'm no, sorry. no, no. I, I'm like. Well, not, that I'm note, not an optimist. Both the end of existence and the end of this episode of the podcast, potentially. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we are. Who would, uh, yeah, we are definitely at the end. Thank you for listening to this episode of VHS Glow, where we talked about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and had a good time thinking about the end of the universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Please subscribe if you liked what you heard. Go back and listen to some of our previous episodes and hit us up with any of your recommendations. You can reach us at MJ or Katie or Darcy at VHS glow.com yeah 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 and read a review (laughs) oh yeah please yeah Yeah, we love reviews we do love reviews awesome we love to hear what you think and what you want to listen to and what we should watch we would love to watch a movie with one of y'all yeah to recommend something and then come and talk about it with us we would love that next time we're talking about the terminator now i I know where darcy's getting her apocalypse (laughs) bent when she starts a prepping, we start logging off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cut. I think we're good. We're cut, okay. cut. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of VHS Glow. We hope that you will subscribe, leave a rating or review. And also, we are now on Instagram at at VHS underscore glow, where we'd love to continue the conversation around film nostalgia. And now have a special announcement, which is that we will be on vacation for the next few weeks. We will return on June 11th, where we will travel back in time to 1984 to discuss James Cameron's film Terminator. Hope to see you then. Goodbye.